Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Thank you. This morning our text is from the Gospel reading, the end of the second chapter, these words of Jesus. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is our text, the word of the Lord, our God. Thanks be to God, as he gives us the opportunity to hear it and believe it. Well, let's see, what were those two questions again? Who do you believe Jesus is? And will you follow him? Will you follow him? Those are the questions that Pastor Ryan has helped us understand are central to our reading of the Gospel of Mark this summer. Now, as we look at the Gospel reading for today, we discover that Jesus, first of all, is identified for us as the Lord of the Sabbath. And secondly, when we become aware of what that means, we see that he, Jesus, is the only one worth following day by day. I think back often to the friendship I have with a man named Rodney. I've known Rodney for a lot of years. Like others in his extended family, he suffered from a congenital heart defect. And for years, medications were prescribed. He had several different uh, pacemaker defibrillators. I can't say that word. <laughs> but you know what I mean. And, and those could only take him so far. And finally, one night, he got a call. A call he dreaded, but a call he needed. A young 20-something man in Kentucky, I believe it was, died in a car accident. His family donated his organs, and his heart was a match for Rodney. Rodney received that heart, and to this day he is grateful because that man, that young man's death, meant more time for Rodney, more time to live under the lordship of Jesus Christ, the one who is the king of the universe and the Lord of the Sabbath. What Mark's gospel shows is, is that time itself is a gift from God. If you recall, in the beginning, God had created all things. And when he came to the end of the sixth day, he completed his work as the seventh day opens, it's declared that it is done. And he then takes time, God does, time that he created to take a rest. To take a rest not to stop working, because of course if he did, <laughs> guess what? I would stop breathing, I think you would too, and we would not be able to function. But rather to demonstrate his joy in creating. And on this day, creating us, you and me. 
He invites us to join in that creation when he establishes the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And so this God promises to provide what we need. He calls upon us to trust him and rely on him with our very lives. Years ago, a farmer friend of mine named Leroy told how often he got into uh, a tense situation with fellow farmers because during planting and harvesting seasons, they would work seven days a week, almost 24-7, to get the job done. And Leroy would not. He would always take time on Sunday. He felt that God would refresh him in the divine service, that God would provide the rest that he needs to trust in the Lord, who obviously governs the whole process of planting and, and harvest. And then he believed, Leroy did, that he could get more done in six days than all other farmers could in seven. And he said, even if I don't, it's okay, because God loves me more than he loves the bushels that I'll harvest in the fall. Now, Leroy was learning a lesson that the Spirit was trying to teach the Pharisees in our text. And we find in our Gospel reading for today that there were two occasions where the Pharisees confronted Jesus over the way that he handled the Sabbath. Now, you have to understand that ever since God had established the Sabbath, there were those who decided they wanted to put a fence up around it. They wanted to protect it as though God needed help. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, they came up, I think it was with 39 different things you are not allowed to do on the Sabbath. And if you did any of them, you would be breaking the Sabbath. You'd be breaking this commandment. Well, some of those things they prohibited even had to do with helping people. And Jesus made a point on more than one occasion to say, look, the Sabbath is something God gave to refresh us, to restore us, to provide us with the rest that we need, not only in terms of our bodies, but more importantly, in terms of our relationship, first of all, with him and with those around us. And so the most precious gift that's afforded us in the Sabbath is Jesus himself, who becomes the forgiveness of sins we need, first of all, to know that we are at peace with God, but then secondly, to know that we can reach out to those with whom we are at odds and make peace with them. Well, those Pharisees had to say, took God's good gift of the Sabbath, and they made it bad. Because, you see, they wanted to use the third commandment, along with all the rest, to take control of their lives, to take control of their relationship with God, to bargain with him for his blessing. Look, God, I'm obeying your commandments. Now you owe me. And, of course, that is a deadly trap. They wanted to justify themselves before the Lord and their neighbor, so that they could say, look, I'm a good person. I do the right thing. I deserve to have the good things of life and to be treated right. 
they succeeded in doing was making gods of themselves to live their lives on their own terms, not on God's. Not on the God who loves them and can do for them what they could never do for themselves, namely to save themselves from their self-worship. In one of his books, Tim Keller reminds readers of the movie Chariots of Fire. Anybody ever see that film years ago now? It tells the story, the true story, of two athletes during the 1924 Olympics. One of them is the Christian Eric Little. The other, Harold Abramson. Now, these two were competitors, fierce competitors. But Harold ran because he said, I have got just 10 seconds, 10 seconds to justify my existence. In contrast, Eric Little ran because he said, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Well, Eric decided that he would not run in the race that he was said to be the winner before he ever ran it, because it was going to take place on the Sabbath. And he knew that he would rather please the Lord than please himself or any of the fans at the Olympics. And so, as Tim Keller expressed it, Harold Abrams was weary even when he rested. And Eric Little was rested even when he was exerting himself. Who here this morning will return to your responsibilities this week like Harold Abrams, with the goal to justify yourself at your job, in your family, or other relationships, among your friends? Do you feel you need to justify your existence? And if you cannot justify yourself, you either end up feeling like a failure or you lie to yourself and you say, hmm, well, I may not be perfect, but I'm better than most people I know. I don't need any more lies, do you? And I don't need to feel like a failure. But I did this past week. Sharon and I were away. We went to see our oldest daughter in Delaware. She and her family moved to a different house there, and we decided we would go and try to help her out a little bit to get things organized. Well, she asked me to put together a couple of metal cabinets for the garage. Now, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer when it comes to these sorts of things. And I tried to put the pieces together. They didn't quite fit. I wish I had followed the directions a bit more carefully. I mean, finally, I had to take them all apart and put all the pieces back together again. But, wow, was it frustrating. I mean, what kind of a father cannot help his own daughter? I was trying to justify myself and the time I put into the project. But I couldn't. I condemned myself. But wait. 
Doesn't the Bible say there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Those who belong to Christ will not suffer the punishment of sin they deserve. That's because Jesus has already suffered that punishment on the cross. He himself obeyed the third commandment and all the others in our places so that he could say to us, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you myself as the Sabbath. We don't need to justify our existence. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, has already justified us and become our Sabbath. He promises his faithful love lasts forever. Remember those two questions Pastor Ryan asked us to keep in mind? Who do you believe Jesus is? And will you follow him? Through Mark's gospel, the Holy Spirit leads me to believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, is Lord even of the Sabbath. He can take time, and he can bend it to my advantage. Whatever that time may bring, however much time I have, it's in his hands. It's his time. He was crucified for us, and he arose on Easter morning so that by the authority that is his, he can redefine each new day as a Sabbath. He can redefine each new week as one in which we can live by his undeserved love, faithful love, and live through our faith alone in him alone. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, send me your Holy Spirit so I repent of my sin of self-justification. Stop me from believing in myself so I believe instead your gospel and start following you. Amen.